What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mind Muscle Experience. My name is Tyler Egan, and I will be your host. In a world instilled with fear, human beings now believe that the human body is inherently flawed. Many believe that it can't fight off things like viruses, anxiety, excess weight, joint pain, and many other issues that plague the modern day world. I will be sitting down with others from all different aspects of life where we'll talk about their journey, experience, and knowledge so that you can see how much taking control of your health and fitness can change your entire life. It is also my goal to bring you the information to help you with your nutrition and fitness, to help you see what the human body is truly capable of, and to help you win the war within, giving you the ultimate mind-muscle experience. And today, my friends, my beautiful, ugly, beautiful, ugly friends, I don't know where you fall on that spectrum, so I'm just going to keep it broad. Today, we're going to be talking about the human body again, and it's so fucking cool. I don't get how everybody isn't like this obsessed with it. It really is so amazing. The more I've learned about the human body, the more I'm like, I look, if you think about our technological advancements, they're cool, right? We've come a long way. I'm 97.82% sure most of our technological advancements have come through us studying not just our bodies, but everything that has been placed on this earth for us, naturally speaking, which is insane. Like, oh, what was, there was one, damn it. There was something I remember hearing about before about how they took the mechanism by which the ankle works and they, they designed something very similar to it. And I can't remember now, which sucks. But today we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting. It's been a hot topic for the last few years. Um, and I want to dive into it because, well, a lot of reasons, really. Um, Fasting has actually a lot of fucking benefits, not just for weight loss, which is a lot of where a lot of people look at it for, um, but neurologically speaking, um, for our brain, our long-term brain health, dude, mental health is such a hot topic these days too. And it's interesting to me because everybody wants to talk about mental health, but not actually do anything about it. It's, it's easier for us to discuss realistically and, and like i'm just being brutally honest here treating our bodies and our minds like shit and calling that self-love instead of doing some things to to really nourish the human body the human brain which is fucking like if you guys have been following for the last few weeks here you you've kind of caught in a glimpse of just how cool the human brain really is it's i i don't just say it to say it because it's it's like a catchphrase for people these days but our our brain is is quite literally a a super fucking computer it is incredible guys it really is and intermittent fasting really helps fasting collectively really helps um so we're going to be talking about that today. Guys, if you take anything from these episodes, especially the educational ones, please give me any and all feedback. Uh, if there's any way I can improve to explain things better, whatever the case may be, please leave a rate and review on iTunes. It really does help with the podcast and the algorithms and things like that. That shit means a lot. And please share it on social. 
But first, America, damn it. So let's fucking talk about some intermittent fasting, fasting, use your words, Tyler, inter, I just, I, I look at that and I just see mitten, and just the cute little mittens. Okay, so intermittent fasting, what the fuck is it? Everyone's like, it's just like, it's just, it's just, what's the, what's the thing they use? Um, it's a word that gets people's attention. Is it, man. It's been a long day, and it's only two o'clock. Did another podcast this morning. Cooked some 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 foods. What else did I do? Trained. It really hasn't been a long day. What is wrong with me? Hmm. Who knows? Okay, intermittent fasting is more or less time restricted eating. Is the way a lot of people view it. Um, in essence, it's kind of like just skipping breakfast if that's the way you do it. Because there's no one way to do it. It's like everything else. It's about what works for you with your schedule, your routine, the things you do on a daily basis, and we will discuss this. Um, fasting technically means the willful refraining from, insert whatever you're doing, because you can fast from anything. It doesn't just have to be food. People just assume fasting they make the correlation with fasting and food. It doesn't have to be. But in this case, in this particular case, we are talking about food. It is the willful refrainment from eating. Um, it basically means metabolic. Uh, it's a metabolic status of somebody who hasn't eaten or consumed anything that sparks a metabolic response. So it's basically just not eating for a period of time. The most common way people go about this is a 16 to 8 ratio in which they fast for 16 hours and they have an eating window for about eight. So what this could potentially look like is, let's say you stop eating at eight o'clock at night, and then what's that, four hours? So then you won't eat until noon the next day, and you then have between noon and eight to eat. You could shrink it, you can make it bigger, but I guess if you make it bigger, it's not really much of intermittent fasting at that point. Um, there's other ratios people do like 20 to four. I mean, you could do 24 hour fast. I've done those before. People do water fast. People do juice fast. People do any kind of fast you could possibly think of. They're a thing for everything. They really are. Um, the 16, eight one is probably the 
most, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Kind of wish I had like an audience so we could just throw a word out. Be like, use this one. Um, I guess it's the most, uh, I'm going to get there, I promise. Adaptable. Let's go with that. It's the most adaptable iteration of it. Um, because let's face it, I mean, we've been nutrition for the last 10 to 15 to 20 years, somewhere in that range, has been eat your small meals four to six times a day. And guys, there really is no one way to eat your food. Seriously, it doesn't fucking matter. Just do what works best for you. I'm throwing this out there because I learned a lot. I've been fasting a bit more myself lately. I like the effects it has on my brain. I want that thing to be gigantic. I want to look like Jimmy Neutron. I really I really don't, but I want to be really smart. So there's no one way to do this. Just keep that in mind. Um, and now let's start getting into this a little bit. All right, now that we know what it is, I've talked about it. You know, So we're going to get into what it is, the benefits, um, should you do it? Uh, how do you apply? And uh, I got a couple pointers that I've learned. So a lot of people refer to intermittent fasting as a as simply a weight loss tool. And to be honest with you, they're not wrong. Um, one study I looked at uh, published in the International Journal of Obesity took 107 overweight slash obese women, and they observed them for six months. And these women were premenopausal just feel like that's something that is important to add in there. They had a 25, all of them had a 25% calorie restriction and they checked their weight and biomarkers for things like cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, dementia risks, insulin resistance, inflammation markers, uh, BDNF markers, and a bunch, a bunch more. So what they concluded was both were equally effective for weight loss. I'm gonna say that again, weight loss, because that is there is a difference between weight loss and fat loss. Um, there was a similar reduction in the LDL in their LDL cholesterol levels, their C-reactive protein markers, which is an inflammation marker, their blood pressure, and many other markers that they tested for. The one difference that was noticed in this particular study was a greater reduction with insulin, the insulin, the blood insulin levels. So um, it increased insulin resistance and, or I'm sorry, there was a reduction in insulin resistance, which is, which lowers the risk of type two diabetes. So when we're looking at it from a weight loss standpoint, the calorie restriction sounds like it's the, the leading driver. Again, weight loss is different than fat loss. So just keep that in mind. And the other thing is it helped it, it with, um, with insulin too. Um, by fasting. So that's an important thing to note with something like type 2 butt diabetes running rampant in the world today. Okay, so what are the benefits of fasting then? Well, we already kind of talked about one, it can help with uh, your blood levels of insulin, which increases fat burning, apparently, I did not know this. Um, so insulin keeps our blood glucose levels normal, or blood sugar levels. Uh, it will move the blood sugar, the blood glucose into neighboring cells. They'll, it'll move it into insulin, will move the blood glucose into muscle cells. And if there's an excess amount of it, they'll, they'll store it as fat. Um, we also store some of it as glycogen in the liver. And when there is an excess amount, it interferes with the oxidation of burning fat. 
So a study out of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition took eight men and women who were non-obese, and it showed that their blood levels of insulin dropped and their fat oxidation increased. So it backs that up, but it was such a small amount of people. Again, I don't want to sit here and claim that if you start fasting, you will burn more fat. I have some things that kind of prove that, but I don't want people to take that and run with it and be like, yo, I'm going to look like Chris Hemsworth tomorrow now. It doesn't work like that. And if you're not training and you're not doing mobility and you're not sleeping and you're not drinking your water, which I'm going to do real fast. If you're not doing the other things right, it ain't going to fucking matter. Okay, so let's just, uh, now that I got that out of the way. The next thing is it can lower levels of inflammation and oxidative stress. Uh, another study I looked at took 10 subjects with a BMI over 30, which technically makes them obese. Yes, obese is a scientific term. I just want to clarify that too. With the body positivity movement, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that being obese is actually unhealthy. It's not a good thing. So they took subjects, these, these 10 subjects, uh, who did alternating fasting days with a calorie restriction. And they noticed the drop in their inflammation markers and oxidative stress. Another study out of the Annals of Nutrition and then Metabolism. Metabolism. I don't know why I just said it like that. <laughs> Metabolism took a, a, a group of 40 men and women, um, 20 of each. And these, these men and women were fasting from Ramadan. So it was a 12-hour fast for about a month. They were in the age group of 20 to 39, and they found that their total cholesterol levels decreased along with their C-reactive protein levels, which is that inflammation marker that I talked about earlier, and then their homocysteine levels, which is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. So there you go right there too. Can lower levels of inflammation, homocysteine, which it puts you at a higher risk with a higher levels, puts you at a higher risk for cardiovascular disease, which my friends, I don't know what it was in 2020 or 2019, but I believe in 2018, um, cardiovascular disease killed over 600,000 Americans. That's more than COVID. It's one everybody to know that too. And, and, and 80% of heart disease issues are lifestyle related lifestyle related. I just want to get that point across. Okay, so now that I got that out of the way, I got that off my, my, my chest. The next thing, so, so far we got blood levels of insulin can drop and it can increase fat burning. Again, don't live by that. Number two, it can lower levels of inflammation and oxidative stress when you're fasting. The next one is, this is where I was like, it can boost neuronal autophagy. What? What the fuck? Because my first reaction was like, that sounds fancy. What the fuck is neuronal autophagy? Well, you can just get the idea of neuronal, something to do with the brain because of the neuron in there. But autophagy is our body's way of cleaning out damaged cells and regenerating newer and healthier ones. If I'm not mistaken, the word autophagy, I heard this in a podcast, literally translates to self-eating. Don't quote me on that. I think I got that right. So the benefits of autophagy uh, is that it removes toxic proteins from cells that are associated with neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. So if that's something that runs in your family, yo, I mean, again, don't swear by this because 
I've heard so much conflicting shit when it comes to fasting. And it's like, look, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But this sounds promising to me and I'm going to fucking do it. Um, if, if Parkinson's and Alzheimer's running your family, because everyone's like, oh, genetics, um, this, it might be worth exploring fasting a little bit. Again, you don't have to fucking, I'm not saying starve yourself to death. I'm just saying cut out that eating window. If you can get some benefits out of it, like cleaning up damaged cells in the brain and regenerating newer and healthier ones, that sounds pretty fucking dope to me, especially at like no risk, as long as you're staying hydrated. Um, so another, some of the other benefits of autophagy are recycling residual proteins that provides energy um, for the building blocks for cells that need repair. Now, just so you guys are aware, everyone looks at protein and, and the association is immediately muscle. Proteins are quite literally the building block of life. We need protein for like everything. Protein is actually really important. I never understood for the first couple of years in fitness why everyone harped on protein so much. And I'm not saying that like because fats and carbohydrates are very important as well. Like protein actually is pretty important. I'm not saying you have to stuff your face with protein either. So just keep that in mind. So proteins are quite literally the building blocks of life. They are made up of, I forget how many off the top of my head, a bunch of amino acids. I think it's like 11, I think it's 20. I think 11 are non-essential, meaning our body can produce them on their own. And nine are essential, meaning we have to get them through diet. Okay, so the benefits of a of autophagy again it removes toxic proteins from the cells that are associated with neurodegenerative diseases it can recycle residual proteins and it provides energy uh, for cells that need repair i mean that sounds pretty dope um, it also promotes the regeneration of healthier and newer cells i mean come on i want some newer healthier cells regenerated in my beautiful brain because it is beautiful Okay, so one of the quotes I heard when doing all this research, and I can't, I, I can't believe I didn't write this down. Who said it? Where I found it? Probably going to be in one of the links that I'll put in the show notes. But um, autophagy is best known for turning the clock back and creating younger cells. Like what, dude? May a hundred and seventy-five. Here I fucking come. Don't play games with me. I'm gonna get it. If fasting, if there's even a small chance that it can boost neuronal autophagy, and it's and autophagy is best known for the turning back the clock um, and creating younger cells, sign me up at no risk. Sign me up. Sign me up. I'm um, I'm sold. Okay, the next one, guys. We've talked about this on the show before. I mean, the lot a lot more brain stuff than I was originally gonna go with when I started or when I rebranded the podcast, this is actually really cool because like I've gotten, I went from, when I got into health and fitness, I went from, okay, nutrition is really dope, especially going plant-based, I learned so much. I'm like, oh man, I really wanna help people with their nutrition. And then I started learning about the human body more. I'm like, yo, the human, like those muscles doing that thing, that's so cool. You people need to understand this. This is like quite literally how you move. And then I'm like looking into the brain. I'm like, what, dude? stop the the human brain computers same thing what programming i shit you not i think the human brain is like the coolest thing in the world now if i could do it all over again i wouldn't but 
and I still wouldn't because I was about to say I would become like a neurologist and like actually never mind fuck that I don't want to be any kind of doctor <laughs> okay so number four the next thing that intermittent fasting really helps is it increases BDNF again what is this BDNF we talked about this before neuroplasticity and then if I'm not mistaken we talked about it again with meditation <laughs> guys if you just kind of apply a little bit of what I'm saying, you could become as almost as smart as me, which isn't, I mean, I'm smart. I just can't use words for some reason. Okay. So again, what is BDNF? We've talked about this before, but let's go over it again. Because if you remember synaptic connections, if I keep telling you guys what BDNF is, you'll remember and then be like, okay, I need to increase this. It is brain derived neurotrophic factor. So what is it? What does it do? Why is it important? Well, BDNF is a neurotrophin that signals neurogenesis. It basically means that proteins that bring on the, I'm sorry, uh, proteins that bring on survival development function of neurons. So basically, even more basic, see what I mean? I can't use words sometimes, but that's okay. We're going to get there. It keeps neurons alive and it produces them. And if you guys remember, neurons are what send signals throughout our body, which like right now, I'm just kind of throwing things um, through the air. So what's happening is my brain is sending neurons to the other, through my spinal cord to my muscles, telling them to move my hands like a jackass where no one can see me. That's what just happened inside of my body. That's how cool our bodies are. Tell me it's not cool. I won't give a shit. Okay. So BDNF is a neurotrophin that signals neurogenesis, basically keeping it keeps neurons alive and produces them. So what does BDNF do? It increases the production of new brain cells. It increases our synaptic connections. Again, with the connecting of the synapses, we're learning, damn it. That is what synaptic connections are, and it preserves healthy brain cells. So why is it important? Well, BDNF optimizes neurotransmission or the release of neurotransmitters. Um, it potentially inhibits a plethora of physical and mental illnesses. There we go again with the mental illnesses. Yo, mental health. You want to talk about mental health, my friends? Here we go. Let's increase that BDNF. Let's get some fasting going. Let's do some meditation and get your omega-3s in, some nitric oxide boosters, a bunch of stuff. I'm ah, Man. Ah, oh, this is exciting to me. Okay, the next thing. So we're increasing BDNF. We're increasing neuronal autophagy. What else can you do with the brain? I mean, we can increase through fasting catecholamines. I talked about this on the pre-workout episode. I honestly am very shocked by how much this has come back around. I really am. Uh, catecholamines are things like adrenaline and nor noradrenaline or epinephrine and norepinephrine. I think those differ depending on like European countries versus America, but I don't know what. And these catecholamines can apparently, again, I don't want to say this is going to fix all of your problems, but this sounds super promising to me, which is why I'm sharing it. I never actually bought into this shit until I did the research myself, but it can increase the fat usage as energy. Catecholamines can when fasting. So adrenaline and noradrenaline actually increase our resting energy expenditure during a fast. Catecholamines activate hormone-sensitive sem- lipase. I might be saying that wrong. Lipase. Lipase. No, lipase. That's right. Which technically burns more fat by using stored fat in our adipose, adipose t- tissue as energy. And 
I will, again, link this stuff in the show notes because when I was reading about this, I'm like, this really does sound too good to be true. But at the same time, if you kind of think about it, it makes sense. So adrenaline kind of kicks on when we're in a state of fight or flight, when we're a bit like stressed out. And you think about this back in the day when we were hunting and gathering our own food, like you start, you're out hunting for whatever you're eating that day and you get started to get chased by a lion well, you don't have food in your stomach, right? So how are you supposed to have energy? Because remember, food is 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 energy. Um, food is fuel. If you don't have any energy in your stomach, your body immediately needs something to energize you, to get you moving. So in a state of fight or flight, we it kicks on these this adrenaline, this noradrenaline, or the, these neurotransmitters, which basically... Um, tap into stored fat cells to energize us. Uh, I'm assuming I understand that right because that just kind of made a whole lot of sense in my head as I explained it. Like I read about it but didn't actually explain it out loud until just now. So if you think about it from a prehistoric standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. We don't have energy, so we need some way to energize ourselves to keep us the fuck alive. That's what the, the, the stressful hormones, the fight or flight state is really for. It, it's not for us to sit here and worry about Susie at our cubicle talking shit on us. It's actually supposed to keep us alive, but we are very spoiled today. I'll admit it. I went to the grocery store yesterday and picked up broccoli instead of picking it out of a field. Man, is life good. Okay, so the next thing. Oh, man, another one for the fat-burning thing. Again, I never intended to go down this path. I always thought this was a bunch of mumbo-jumbo that people threw out there to get people in, hooked on their programs. I'll make you skinny, just fast a little bit and do this. I don't know who I was imitating there. How How does that sound, guys? Let me know. Let me know. So another thing that fasting can do is increase growth hormone, which is a fat-burning hormone. Um, One study out of sturdy, one sturdy, one study out of the Journal of Clinical Investigation took a five. They took, I think, oh wait, they didn't give give a, a number of how many participants. So that's another huge factor too when it comes to these studies, guys. One, I am not a scientist who knows how to break down studies through and through. So keep that in mind. But the other thing is too, there are a lot of details that I can't always find because they put limited amount of information out there. So I'm taking the information I can find. There's a lot of factors that go into these things, like how healthy the individuals are, as just an example. But again, this stuff sounds promising, so I think it's worth exploring for each individual and see if you notice a difference. Like I've noticed as I've ramped my calorie intake up while still maintaining, um, I think anywhere between a 16 to eight hour fast myself, that I've been able to get stronger, put on a little bit of size and stay leaner. So that's just my own personal experience. Again, I, I can't say for a fact that this is all like, 1,000% you're going to get shredded tomorrow if you fast for one day. I don't. Well, I can tell you no, that's not going to happen. But I can tell you that I'm not 100% sold on any of this, but it sounds super fucking promising. So fasting can increase growth hormone. Uh, One study I looked at out of the Journal of um, Clinical Investigation was a five-day fast, and they analyzed the data on the first and the fifth day and noticed an increased secretion of growth hormone. So what is growth hormone? Well, growth hormone has a plays a key role in growth, like actual growth. A lot of people just probably, like my, I'm making an assumption here. 
But I know for me, I would immediately hear growth hormone prior to doing research on this stuff and think, huh, steroids. But growth hormone is a real thing inside of us and, you know, it's important. So it's it plays a key role in growth, body composition, cellular repair, and metabolism. So another study I looked at out of the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism took a two-day fast and induced um, – I'm sorry. It was two days of fasting, and on the second day, they took their results. They, they, they measured the data, right? They noticed – and this is the shit that like really blew my mind – and now I'm probably going to do more research on growth hormone. Like this is just where my brain goes. They took they 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 measured the results after the two days, and they noticed a five times increase in the production of growth hormone. They noticed a two times increase in the secretory secretory and basically a release release burst um, of growth hormone. Sorry, I I couldn't figure out how to say that secretory secret secretory. Fuck, I, this is what I'm saying. I don't even know my own language. So basically, they took they noticed a two-time increase in the release of growth hormone. And then they also noticed a two-times increase of the mass, of the size of what was actually released. So a five-times increase in the production, two-times the release in the burst of the production, and then a two-times increase of the size of what was released. That's fucking nuts and this is why i need to figure out more about growth hormone besides the fact that it just plays a role in growth body composition cellular repair and metabolism because when i say um uh what do you call it? body composition we're talking about lean mass here guys uh we are talking about lean mass we're talking about looking fucking chiseled looking shredded and if you tell me if you tell me you're listening to this podcast right now and you're gonna be like, oh, i don't care how i look i want you to do me a favor look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that, because we all know you're lying. All right, hold on, hold it. Gotta move the fight. Okay, the last thing is kind of a piggyback off of the growth hormone thing. Is it is been shown to hold because of intermittent fasting, hold more lean mass product that that has been produced. So. The one study I looked at was out of the International Association for the Study of Obesity. Wow. I just actually kind of put that into, into context for a second. There are associations for the study of obesity. Just let that sink in for a second. I can end that shit real quick. Lose some weight. Okay. So the study from the International Association for the Study of Obesity, the study out of this, this particular association, um, took a calorie restriction diet versus intermittent fasting and the findings were that intermittent fasting uh they lost less fat free mass but they both lost the same amount of weight so the conclusion was that both were effective to lose weight but intermittent fasting suggests that it can retain more lean mass so what does that mean exactly well what that means is you can take two people right now and again this is highly fucking individual i cannot stress that enough take two people right now from based off what this study says and one person can just you know reduce their calories by 300 and the other person can reduce their calories by 300 and incorporate intermittent fasting a couple times a week well what they realized was because this was alternate day fasting if i'm not mistaken what they realized was the group that did the alternate day fasting lost the same amount of weight as the group 
that did just a simple calorie restriction. And the difference was the group that did alternate day fasting, they didn't just lose weight. They, they kept muscle, so they burned fat. So they, they lost fat and maintained the muscle they had. And let's be real here. If you're trying to lose weight, it's not just weight you want to lose because, come on, aesthetics play a, a role. And, and that's why I said if you're here telling me that you don't care about the way you look, go in the mirror and tell yourself that because I'm, I'm pretty confident you're probably full of baloney. When we're trying to lose weight, it's about body composition. We're trying to lose fat so we can, so that the muscle that is actually on your skeletal frame can appear for once or again or whatever your circumstances are and we can look a little bit better. Because if you guys were around for the Plants PRs podcast, I used to open it up with, because when you, when you feel better, you look better and when you look better, wait, no, how the fuck, what did I say? Man, it's been that long already. Anyway, it all goes together. Like when you look better, you start to feel better, your confidence goes up. Like guys, it it really does matter and that's why it drives me bonkers when people say, I don't care how I look. You're so full of shit because when you start to see a little bit of results, I'm telling you right now, motherfucker, you're going to care. You're going to look in that mirror and be like, damn, you sexy as fuck. I'm telling you, you will. You may not say it like that, but still. So guys, I mean, again, one study, I don't know how many people, but it sounds promising. It sounds promising enough that you should at least give it a shot. Okay, so we we let's 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 go over this again. It can and it can it can affect your insulin levels and it can help improve um, insulin resistance, I think. Insulin sensitivity, that's it. I'm sorry. I always get the two confused. They are drastically different. We want less insulin resistance because more um, less insulin resistance means that we can handle insulin better. It can transport glucose throughout our body and we lower the risk of type 2 diabetes. That's it. It can lower inflammation and oxidative stress levels. It can increase things like BDNF, fat burning potentially through catecholamines, um, growth hormone, neuronal autophagy. Like let's get that brain in good shape because the mindset, I mean, I think... We can all agree the mindset's fucking important and it can potentially help retain more lean mass i.e getting you motherfucking shredded sounds promising as fuck to me guys so how can you apply this well again it's highly highly individual you got to look at how your your daily schedule is i mean the 16a fast is a pretty solid one for anybody with a typical nine to five type of job if you got like a different schedule, you may have to adjust. Um, fuck, I'm going to have to use the bathroom. So we'll be back in three seconds. And just like that, it's actually been like, I think for you guys, it's been like two seconds. It's been about a minute for me. This is what happens when you're hydrated, baby. Sorry, I got another sip of water in there. Okay, so how do you apply this? Um, again, very individual. Um you gotta look at your schedule, see what works. I mean, what are your goals? It also depends there too. If you're like me and you're and you're constantly trying to put on some size, look, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, eating 3,500 to 4,000 calories in a smaller window is a bit of a challenge. I wanted to see how I could handle it and I may have to stop doing it for now, but the benefits of intermittent fasting are still huge. So if you're trying to u- utilize this for weight loss, 
how many calories you got to eat that you got to figure that out how do you break your meals up you got to figure that out like if you only want to do two meals a day and you're eating 2,000 calories easy two meals a thousand calories boom you get to eat large meals in a calorie deficit and enjoy your food a bit more I mean you could include your cupcakes if you really want that I don't recommend that but again do whatever makes it the most sustainable for you you could you don't have to do that 16 hour or 16 hour fast eight hour eating window when I mentioned you could do 20 hours of fasting four hours of eating mess around with it see what you like see what fits into your schedule you do eight hours or 18 hours of fasting in six hours um, you know every once in a while I throw a 24 hour fast in there so I can just give my body a break from digesting again it may be worth it for you depending on where you're at what your goals are to consult your physician I am not a doctor I will never claim to be one I'm just a guy who likes the human body and I like to learn more okay so you got to figure out how fasting this eating window idea can fit into your busy schedule if you work from 12 to 8 in the afternoon nightish um, maybe you go to work and you work fasted you come home, you sleep for eight hours, and then that time between when you wake up in the morning and then when you go to work at noon, you eat. Again, there's no right or wrong way to do this. For example, I um, right now, I eat between 10 and 4, sometimes between 11 and 5. So I have like a six-hour eating window. So after my last meal, I don't fast. I might have a cup of tea, nothing but water. Um, and then in the morning... I have pre-workout and uh, that's about it. And then I work out and I eat after I work out because I like training fast. I like training on an empty stomach. That's just my personal uh, choice. But I've also done it before where I would eat from eight to, no, eight to like four. Yeah, eight to like four. And then I would fast in the nighttime. No, it was actually eight to two, I'm sorry. And then I would fast in the nighttime. Um, I, I've gone up to noon without eating, and then I would eat from like 12 to 6 or 12 to 8. It really depends on you. Do you need time to let your food digest before you go to bed? Okay, well, maybe 12 to 8 isn't a good idea. Maybe 10 to 6 is. Maybe 11 to 6 is. Maybe 12 to 6 is. Again, figure out what works for you. Try them all. Don't try them at all. Don't do it. Your call, really. So some pointers, because look, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time the first couple of times probably it's going to be a little bit challenging your our bodies are our, our, our actual body separate you from your body for a second because you are not you are but you're not your body i know that's confusing N- another day separate you and your body for a second our bodies become habitual creatures it gets used to you feeding it I know this sounds crazy, but bear with me. It gets used to you feeding it at 7 o'clock in the morning every single day. So at 7 o'clock in the morning, it's like, where's my motherfucking food? Grrr, gruggle, gruggle. I don't know how to make sound effects like a, a stomach. So the, that gut bacteria, yo, here we go again. It's, it all ties back together. That gut bacteria that we talked about in episodes 2 and 3 is like, yo, where's my motherfucking food, fam? And you're like, I'm fasting today. But it wants the food, so it's going to keep making noises. So... Caffeine is a really great way to suppress this. Now, if you're caffeine sensitive, um, that sucks. So drink your water. Regardless if you're caffeine sensitive, drink your water. So many people, myself included, mistake hunger for dehydration. Stay hydrated, my friends. 
don't listen to that Dos Equis guy. Whatever he says. Just drink your water. So drink a lot of water, stay hydrated, and that way, one, you, you can eliminate that right off the bat. So if you're if you're staying hydrated and your stomach's like, oh, where's my food? The first couple of days, but the next few days you, you stay hydrated, you start to realize, like, oh, wow, huh, look at that. It really is the fact that I'm dehydrated. Again, your body will get so used to you eating at a certain time every single day in a certain pattern, it becomes habitual. So it's going to be weird at first. It really is. But there's ways around it. Again, drink a lot of water. Caffeine helps suppress hunger. Another thing that I really like that I've heard conflicting um, opinions on it is drinking seltzer water. I don't know if it's just like the acidity. I don't know how acidic it is. But the, the, the carbonation almost that kind of fucks with my own head um, that allows me to not think about food as much. It could be a thing. I don't know for sure. It's just one man's opinion. Um, a couple other things I heard more recently, one I've been trying is a little, a little bit of sodium, a little bit of salt. Get get that table salt out of here. Get some of that good, good, that pink Himalayan salt. I got me some bougie-ass shit. I got some black lava Hawaiian-style salt. It just looked cool on Amazon. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But it has activated charcoal in it, which is good for apparently our skin, and I've had skin issues in the past and I think it does something else that I can't remember. Anyway, guys, um, a little bit of sodium replenishes those electrolytes. Maybe if you have magnesium uh, as a supplement, maybe a powder, maybe something, get some electrolytes in you. There are, um, I've never tried them, but there are electrolyte like powders out there you can get. I don't know if they have calories in it, so they may break your fast. Look into that part. But get some electrolytes in you because, again, from sleeping, if you wake up, I mean, you're going to wake up dehydrated. We, we sleep for five to eight hours, right? It's five to eight hours without H2O. You're going to be dehydrated. Get some electrolytes in you. You may be depleted of them, especially if you're not already on top of that stuff to begin with. You're not eating whole plant foods um, or you're not you're not supplementing it with it somewhere. You know what I mean? So drink a lot of water. Get some electrolytes in. Maybe some salt water. Apparently, I heard a guy say on a podcast, a little salt water under your tongue will help as well. I haven't tried that part. I just mix it in with my water because uh, I kind of like it. Um, hydrate. Seltzer water or something, um, sodium in your water or under your tongue apparently. Electrolytes as a collective, there's I think there's seven of them. It's not just potassium. People for some reason just like, oh, I need a banana for electrolytes. I mean, no, there's a lot. One, if you want potassium, get yourself some sweet potatoes. Way higher in potassium. Two, um, avocados. Three, there's, there's seven of them I think. There's like, uh, I'm going to try to remember them. Potassium, sodium, magnesium chloride, bicarbonate, calcium. Fuck, I forget the last one. Damn it. I failed the test. Anyway, get your electrolytes in. Try some caffeine. Don't kill yourself, please. Um, Helps suppress hunger. It really does. Seltzer water works for me. I've heard mixed reviews outside of me. So see what works for you. Um, hydrate, 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 and don't stuff your face right after you you fast for a few hours. Think about your body going through 18 hours of a fast, and then you just stuff in face. Maybe have a little snack to break the fast, and then get into your deep, huge, massive meal. And guys, the last thing I'll say about fasting is this, if you decide to try it, don't fucking stress out about it. Like if you break your fast an hour early one day because you just couldn't not eat, don't lose sleep over it. It's okay. Shit happens. There's always tomorrow. 
a very wise and good friend of mine once told me, Tyler, and this is how I know things stick with him because he uses my fucking name and he doesn't do it often. He said, things are so temporary, Tyler. And that sticks in my head every time I start to sweat the little details. So don't. Fasting, from my research, and I am just starting to scratch the surface with it. We'll probably revisit this episode or um, a, a part two. So stay tuned. Um, if you actually want to see that or hear it, I mean, let me know. Let me know. But don't stress out about this. Try it out. Maybe just try it once a week to see if it works for you. Again, the research I've done, and again, just scratching the surface, it sounds so promising, like especially if you're anything like me. Like you want to look good. So increasing lean mass is important. You want your brain to be at optimal function. It sounds legit. I mean, plus it's kind of like a mental toughness thing too. Like if you can get past the fact that you want to eat, like come on. You're unstoppable at that point, in my opinion, because eating's awesome. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap the episode up there. I did not mean to go 45 minutes long, but like these episodes just get me so pumped up. So please, if there's anything you guys want to learn more about, if you want to hear more about this, uh, like I, I was thinking about the sleeping episode I did the other day, and it's just like, oh, this excites me so much. I love learning new information, and I love trying to put it into words in a way that you guys can understand it. So if there's anything you want to hear about from me more and like a priority, like, yo, I want to know till yesterday – I just, a friend of mine just came up to me about um, water and like how our water is actually treated, what, how, what we're consuming. I'm like, okay, this, this may have to be a priority because like I'm all about water. If there's anything, guys, please let me know because this nerding out on this shit is my fucking jam. And I want to help you guys see the results you want. So if, if me doing a couple hours of research helps you with your health and fitness journey, that is all I fucking need. So please let me know what you guys want to hear more about, what you want to learn more about, something that, that really intrigues you. Um, please, if, if you take anything from these episodes, share them with your friends, share them on social media, tag me or the Instagram for the podcast at Tyler underscore Egan or at Mind Muscle Experience. Um, leave a rate and review on iTunes and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. That shit helps me grow the show and I really fucking appreciate it. Um, stay tuned. I got a lot of other things coming. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.